Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Voices Unearthed, a radio show featuring conversations with local artists, collaborators, community leaders, and friends. Today's recording date is Sunday, May 16th. I'm home at my apartment here in Providence, Rhode Island, and joining me from Colorado is freelance artist, community musician, Alexandra Freed. Allie is a recent graduate of the University of Michigan, where she completed a dual master's degree in social work and viola performance. Our conversation today came together around our shared interest of classical music and community development. But also, I think what really inspired us coming together to collaborate on this was kind of how these two entities could work together in creating a more just and equitable society. Again, Ali, I wanted to say thank you for volunteering your time and kind of what I think we both realized to be a, a related conversation between both of us um, after being at the University of Michigan. Um, for I guess we crossed paths for two years, but we didn't really get to collaborate on we didn't get to collaborate on anything while we we're there. So we're here now, and I was just wanting to hear more about kind of how you got into this work of music performance and social work. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be talking with you. And you're right that we we crossed paths and we never had the opportunity to collaborate. So I'm, I'm really thankful that, that you've created the space for these conversations. Um, in terms of my own personal journey. I started out, I was doing my undergrad at Arizona State University um, and just really on in my career as as a musician and kind of entering into higher education, aspiring to be a professional musician. Um, I just became disillusioned really quickly with the culture of classical music. um, And I just felt really disconnected from a lot of the things that I cared about. Um, And one thing in particular that really struck me, I have a younger brother who has autism. And for me, I spent a lot of time thinking about just how inaccessible classical music was for him, how um, he couldn't really go to a classical music concert for concerns of like, him being disruptive with a certain behavior or a sound um, and also thinking about kind of music education or just creative expression, how few opportunities there were for him um, to participate. And this was something that really, really bothered me. Um, So I ended up in my sophomore year. I worked with a music therapist friend of mine and we started the Rainbow Connection Choir, which is a choir for individuals on and off the autism spectrum. And the main objective is essentially just offering a space for anyone kind of outside of the margins to come together in community. Um, Yeah, and create music together. And this was a really, really impactful project for me in terms of seeing just how powerful music can be, particularly as a tool to build community and have people come together who just normally wouldn't interact and just have all kinds of expectations about each other, come together, sing together, and just realize that they really aren't that different at the end of the day. 
We also did like some dance stuff. There was some integration of visual art kind of things. Um, and yeah, the structure was very like we would open with a community building activity at the ending, at the beginning of each session um, and also have like some closing rituals. So it was very, we were very intentional about how we were building the community um, and the activities that we're doing. But the core of it was was choral work. Wow, that's that's so amazing. That's so inspiring. And that that also reminds me of. Um, have you heard of this program called? Um, have you heard of Best Buddies? The program Best, Best Buddies. Buddies. It's ringing some bells for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's so many incredible organizations. I think doing similar work, and I was lucky. I think one of the great things about being in university is suddenly you have access to resources and right. space and people yeah. um, to make these things happen and also piggyback off of kind of other work that might be happening in the community. Right. right. And so after you kind of created um, rainbow, rainbow connection, excuse me. Um, I think this kind of maybe fueled you to kind of keep going with this kind of similar work. <laughs> so um, after rainbow connection, I think you mentioned that you took a gap year, and can you remind me, where did, what did you do in between that gap year? Or where were you? This was at, so you were at University of Arizona. Um, the time came to an end. You had Rainbow Connection. You just finished an undergrad in music performance, right? Just, mm-hmm. And now we were taking a gap year. So I'm kind of curious as to what was kind of our thought process between that and I think what led, and then what led to to kind of make that decision of uh, doing a, uh, a dual master's. Right. So I ended up in my gap year um, over in Houston, and there I got involved with um, Hopestone, which is, it's both like a dance group that does community performance stuff, and then it also has like an arts community engagement component to it. Uh, And so I worked with them I got to teach just the most incredible all-girl violin <laughs> class, which yeah, was the best ever. And I, I really hope I can be in that kind of space again. Um, and then I was also doing like some pre-K a music dance combo okay. class. Yeah. So, um, so you're keeping busy with a lot of teaching, it sounds like. Yeah, mostly, mostly teaching at that point. And I... I was like prepping. I knew I wanted to go to grad school. I was prepping for auditions and I was like, man, I just, I know I can't just go back and just be a musician and like hide in a practice room. It's not going to work for me. I thought about law school a little bit, but I was like, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to play viola and to law school. Um, And it just, it happened to work out really well, kind of given the requirements for UM, getting the music degree there, um, and then the School of Social Work as well, it kind of allowed for a certain amount of flexibility to be able to do both. And it just felt like the social work I may be able to um, get the skill sets that I was looking for while still trying to pursue that really high level um, requirement. Wow, I love that. And I think that kind of this past summer, kind of my time between now living, leaving Michigan and now being a province, I've kind of been this gap year where I'm realizing like, oh, like, you know, 
that wasn't so effective. This, this is the way to do something. And I'm kind of curious as to, you mentioned, you just mentioned, um, I think you said there were some certain, I think you said skill sets that you got from social work that you knew you weren't going to get from, or that you knew that you weren't going to get um, from the music program. I'm curious as to whether any specific skill sets um, that you've that you've used or that you, that you seem to be to be working that you got from your social work studies. Yeah, I mean, yes, there certainly are specific skill sets. I would say, like grant writing is a really big one. Like I can write oh, yeah. a grant. I feel good <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, and then there are other things like, you know, nonviolent communication. Like that is a skill set which I am still working on. Um, but I'm so glad that I I had the exposure to it and kind of had the ability to practice that some. Um, and then lots of just general general things about community organizing, community building, kind of labeling and things in a certain way was really helpful. Um, yeah, so I think it was it was a lot of general exposure to community work that I was kind of just fumbling through before, which you can totally learn how to do all the things by just doing the things. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it just provided that foundation of like, wow, what does a good survey look like if you're doing program evaluation? Kind of filling in some of those gaps. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. And like, I think we'll kind of go into what we're going to maybe discuss in a few minutes later on is kind of this idea of community and community building. safe space for anyone who is looking to have a musical experience and kind of just make some new friends. Hi, my name is Ali. Um, I am one of the founders of Rainbow Connection and I am a senior this year. The most rewarding part is really just seeing people come in who maybe haven't had much experience either singing or working with people on the spectrum and really watching this evolution of like I don't know, them coming to realize that, you know, these people aren't that different from me and everybody really does have something to offer. The, um, the next project I wanted to hear about was kind of, was this PCAP project, because from when we did our, when we met last week and just kind of caught up, um, you mentioned this project and I would love to kind of hear more of, more about it. <laughs> I remember, um, I guess it was the beginning of, I, I mentioned the story when we spoke last week, but I remember hearing about your project, the Prison Creative Arts Project, and kind of creating this ensemble string players to kind of go in and share music and stories. I remember going in there and hearing you speak about the Prison Creative Arts Project and just being really fired up and inspired and being like, wow, this is uh, really relevant inspired work that kind of makes a connection, is hitting a bell with me. I want to get involved at the end and want to hear more. But yes, I would love to hear more about the Prison Creative Arts Project and your involvement with that, um, and yeah, and what that was like. <laughs> so, prison, the Prison Creative Arts Project is a an organization based out of the University of Michigan, and they bring students and people who are incarcerated 
um, in Michigan prisons into creative collaboration for mutual learning and growth. My role with them, um, I did kind of two main things. The first was facilitating a music workshop in a youth detention center. Um, and that, that was probably the biggest challenge I think I faced in doing community work. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I'm not sure um, I was the right person to be in that space at that time. But yeah, we weren't allowed to bring our instruments in. So this was the first time I was kind of confronted with this question of, I'm a musician. Am I a musician or am I a violist? Like, what am I if I don't have my instrument with me? Like, what does that look like? Um, so it was really challenging and it really stretched me to think about more broadly creative arts practices. Um, mm -hmm. And we ended up doing things like songwriting. Um, we did just some different stuff around rhythm. We did briefly like a sound object scoring project. So just really thinking about um, kind of what accessibility can look like if I'm not teaching a violin class, or if I'm not going in and performing. Um, so that was kind of the first part of what I did. And then the second part, I was able in some prisons to go in with a string quartet with instruments uh. um, to play, yeah, to perform and then also do like a mini workshop on the back of our performances. Um, yeah, and I would love to use this space just to share a couple of the exercises that we yeah, did. Yeah, I would, I would love to hear about any, yeah, I would love to hear about any of the exercises you'd love to share because that was what I was going to ask is kind of what that looked like. And um, if you wanted to share, I think you kind of alluded to it, but if you wanted to share more and it's totally up to you, um, was the biggest challenge, was the biggest challenge when you were saying when you first went into the facility, was the biggest challenge that you, that you didn't have your instrument or is the challenge of just like being in that, just being in that, in that space and setting of the prison? I think... Um, I think it was both of those things. The, so we were at a facility for young men. Um, and yeah, I was co-facilitating with two other women. Um, and yeah, I don't know how, how much like 20 something young women have to offer like these incarcerated young men, like they're, I, they're just other people who are better suited for that space. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there was a big divide in terms of like where we were coming from. Other challenges, I, the thing that comes to mind right away is just the physical space. Like everything was like concrete or plastic. Like there was just like nothing soft. Like it was so, it was all so echoey and boomy. So like even singing together was was a huge, huge challenge. Um, so there, yeah, there was this entrance in terms of like learning new skill sets, creative arts practices. There was um, a barrier to get over just in terms of demographics and communities that we were coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and then there were these, these physical obstacles as well. Wow. Every sunrise is a welcome. Every sunrise is a welcome. 
today. The night before will fade soon. The night before will fade soon. The night before will fade soon. We only have today. I can keep tomorrow waiting. I can keep tomorrow waiting. I can keep tomorrow waiting. We only have today. All right. So I think Ali, Ali has graciously offered to share with us a couple of the exercises that she used at PCAP. Um, as she mentioned, one of the challenges, challenges, excuse me, um, during during this time was that she didn't actually, she wasn't actually able to, to use, her, use her instrument inside the facility. So um, yeah, Ali, I'll let you, I'll let you take it from here. So the first one I wanted to share, um, I cannot take credit for. This comes from Hannah McFilmy, who I don't know if you met her, but she was, was she um, also in, in our cohort. Um, yeah, and she is a singer and songwriter. Um, and she, for one of her classes, had to write a communal song. Um, and basically what she did, it's a very simple structure. Uh, and this is the link that I, I sent to you. Um, so it makes more sense listening to it. But it's a very simple structure. And basically it's all acapella. So it can be sung together without instruments. And the idea is that you can just replace any eight syllable phrase, like within the original format. Um, so basically the idea is you sing through together a few times and then you give folks just some writing time on their own to come up with an eight syllable phrase. Um, and then you can come back as a group and sing those phrases together. And yeah, we had some really incredible ones come up from that workshop. And I think the most impactful one that I remember is we will all leave here someday. And just to, for, I think that one like cheats a little bit. There's like an add of a syllable, but. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, you saw me being like. <laughs> yes, gotta make, gotta make sure. Um, but yeah, for a room full of incarcerated men to be singing that together was just a really, really powerful experience to have. And um, the other exercise that I wanted to share mm -hmm. is one, if you do have instruments, and this is not just for in prison, I think it transfers well into other spaces as well. Um, you can play like a movement of a string quartet. And do you know like the six word story flash fiction thing? No, I, I, no, I saw that you had that um, in the doc and I, yeah, I wanted to hear about what that was or I was curious. Yeah, so flash fiction, it's like very short six word stories. Probably the most famous one comes from Ernest Hemingway and his one was for sale baby shoes never worn. Um, so it like creates this little world uh, in six words. 
Uh, so what we did is we played, we did this with a few of them, but one in particular was the Borodin, the second movement, second string quartet, second movement of the second string quartet. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we just have people respond after listening with six word stories. And I think it's really interesting because I think for most of us, like that second movement is like a love story, like the very generic, you know, we don't really think about it that much. Um, but I have some of them written down from when we did it that I can share with you here. So one of them was a mother's love raising children blessed. Another one was goodbye, cold winter, spring has arrived. And beautiful minds at work and play. So I think especially like the spring one, like what a beautiful association for that movement. And it's just something um, that I wouldn't think about. So those are just two examples of just tiny um, kind of creative arts practices that can pretty easily be brought into different communities. test to from what we spoke last week is kind of this idea of social justice and I'll go ahead and say I mean for me like this is definitely all new stuff for me in terms of like the past year and a half to two Um, especially even on top of that tying that into what does that also mean as being a musician and an artist and when we spoke last week, it's like, yeah, you know, you dive so deep into this work and the deeper you go, the more you kind of realize how just like everything is basically effed up <laughs> in some way. Um, mm. And that also kind of leads me into a way of like, you know, like, you know, I feel like social, what does social justice mean is almost in a way of like a broad, very, very broad point topic or definition so i was curious as to maybe we could share maybe some thoughts or ideas of kind of what does social justice mean to you um individually um and i would love if you would like to share any thoughts on that and i had some ideas on that too so totally i think particularly based off of the work that i did in prisons and spending quite a bit of time with abolitionist leaning groups. Um, I I really like the framework of social justice, like thinking about like what would it mean to live in a world without prisons? And I think by extension of that, what like what would it take for everyone to have access to the arts? Like what world do we have to conceive of for that to be possible? Um, So I think that's kind of like the broad framework that I think about it from. And then in terms of 
just participation in social justice. It's, I think it's difficult as an artist and a musician because we don't, I think we don't take it as seriously as we should within our music community. Um, and I just like, I remember in my social work class, we were, we were talking about like the Selma March and we were watching some of the footage from that. And my professor was like, this is like, what would you die for? Like, think about what you would die for. And I think like, that's not something that had ever been presented to me as a musician. But I think that's like the level of seriousness that we need to think about what we do and kind of our role within social justice. How do you think about it? Yeah, I I really love that. I was just thinking, kind of just kind of rewrapping of everything you just said, and yeah, it's almost shameful in a way. It's like there, it almost sounds or feels like it when I think of it for a second. Like being a musician, or being a musician or an artist or an artist citizen or whatever that may be. It almost sounds selfish in a way and i kind of say that because i like the uh, or i don't like but selfish as in kind of bouncing off that thought you mentioned as we don't take this idea of social justice as a musician or an artist as serious as we should mm-hmm. and i think that goes to uh, something i mentioned when we spoke last week briefly it's like for me i mean i really love the idea of just community and um coming together to kind of build this reflective of what we want all together and um i just wish like or i don't wish but i just think as a musician artist like you have to create artistic experiences that are that are relevant to current social issues um and for me personally i think that's through collaboration leadership and serving serving for the community and i think that's where i see my work lining up in um in terms of music and community and social justice um and that's where i want to focus it into as well because also like going to the music thing as well for me it's like i'm in this like weird career field where like yes i'm i'm this i'm this black cellist i've always been the less represented and i've always realized that um from the beginning, um, when I started community orchestra, youth orchestra, but in a way I felt like that has um, just kind of been my motivation in a way um, to just kind of strive and exceed for whatever, um, you know, mine or yours or anyone's definition of excellence is in their life. And um, through that, you know, you learn through music, the practice of the instrument, but also the, the discipline, the determination, and the process that comes with that. And I don't know, I just want to take those skills that I've learned from music and cello and just give that back to my community. But combining that through, like I said, leadership, performance, um, community building, and all that, all those buzzwords that come with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What do, can you talk more about leadership and what that means to you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think kind of going from 
what I mentioned about or anyone, I mean, with music, it, it's literally scientifically proven, <laughs> like the, the discipline and the creative learning and skills that you build through music. Um, but there's a process that gets through that, which is practice, determination, support, environment. There's so many factors um, with that. So I guess what I'm saying is like there's so, so many things that you can learn from music, um, whether that also be in the music itself, like in terms of the material, um, but also in the skills that it has that you can apply to um, everyday, skill, everyday skills, excuse me, or your lifestyle. Um, and I guess the way I see that with leadership is kind of this idea of citizen and artist. So it's kind of like aiming to be a role model um, through skill and leadership, but while also uplifting community voices. But also I want to disrupt and like erode social barriers and economic barriers. Um, but also at the same time, I want to inspire the next generation as a young black man who's in classical music doing cello and also showing you that like you can do more than just like what you think may be limited to you. So I think that really, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's amazing. Like there's, yeah, a lot of that's different facets to leadership. That's how I personally see the leadership or how I view leadership for me. Yeah. That's great. I hope that wasn't too much of a ramble. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, that social justice thing is just such a broad, it's just something I've always been thinking about. It's just such a broad, like if you ask them, what does social justice mean? But what, there's just so many things that are just not right. But then also the deeper you get into that work, you realize, wow, like I can't fix everything. So you just, you really have to choose like which thing you're trying to reconstruct or repair or make better. I don't know. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's very like, there's like the day-to-day -day work that you do, like more kind of transactional change that you want to think about. And then like more transformative too. That's like longer term, like what is the big picture? And like, yeah, thinking about social justice through both of those frameworks, because there are so many frustrations in like the work of today to get it. Yeah, it looks like we can go on. Do you think it's appropriate to go on to the community music community development chart? Yeah, sure. Unless you want to do, we can talk, well, a little bit about like protest stuff. If, I don't, I would love to hear your thoughts on that because I, I struggle, I struggle in thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So I think my thoughts on, you mean like, music in protest or like musicians in protest does that make or like, I the, think art, like the artists in protest like kind of both like i think music is fundamental in a lot of ways to movement building 
um, it can have a really big impact kind of when crowds gather, like people singing together, um, rhythm stuff, like all of these things can drive crowds of people in certain ways. And I think like, I, I struggle when I think about like movement building and protest of like, well, I'm a musician. Like there has to be something that can be offered in this space, but like, what, what is that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that comes to or the first thing that comes to mind is the question of maybe first thing about maybe what what do you stand for or what are you fighting mm -hmm. for? I would definitely maybe question those two things first um, in terms of what you want to, yeah, in terms of what you want to uplift or stand for, um, what is it, what is it that you, that you believe in what you're trying to bring attention to, I think would be the first, and then and I'm just thinking in my head, kind of off the cuff, those would be definitely the first two things I would ask myself. Um, and then as a musician or a musician or as an artist, I would then next maybe think about the people or the community or the movement, like who are, who, like, how can I get to the table? Like, what, what do they need? What do they need from me? Cause it's like me going to, how can I put this into an example? The latter, the latter half, I'm actually trying to build roots, build support. How can I, how can I help? And that's also beyond my instrument. Like what other networks connects or knowledge or resources do I have or that I may know that could help this movement or this process? Um, so yeah, and I guess maybe to wrap up my thought, I think maybe even going back to even as a musician or as an artist, like it doesn't always have to be through your um, your main medium. Like it doesn't have to be through viola. It doesn't have to be through cello. I could I could write something. I could speak. I could do a podcast. I could you know paint something. I'm just saying. You know, it doesn't have to be through your main medium. Or it could even be just like. Or I could just be. Or it could even be. I'm a musician. I'm an artist. That's my, that's my niche. That's my like, career. That's my passion. But I'm going to help by like volunteering, like actually getting out there, getting my hands dirty. Something that I think another thing musicians are sometimes afraid of to actually get their hands dirty. Um, so I think those are, those are some ways or some thoughts um, that I would think about or that, that just come to mind um, with musicians role um, and involvement with, protests. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a good reflection. So another intriguing thought that kind of came or that inspired between um, Ali and I's conversation um, before coming on the mics was, um, as we talked about earlier, or as we mentioned earlier, was kind of this idea of music, music, but also um, community development and kind of how these two ideas of community music and community development 
intersect. And a question that I had, um, or a, a thought that I had that I wanted to maybe chop up between the both of us, Allie and I, was kind of, how can music be used as a tool for community development? Or how have you seen music used um, as a tool for community development? And Ali kind of created this chart um, that's kind of broken down into performance, participation, place, and then we also have it into community organizing, community building, and economic growth. And um, Ali's just going to kind of walk us through this chart, and we're going to then, or then I'm going to ask Ali kind of, and I did mention this before, I was hoping that Ali would maybe share kind of is there a current social issue that she's passionate about? And if there's no limit to circumstances of money or funding, what would she, what would be the, what would she build or create? So I'll, I'll let you take from here, Allie. So I'm, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this as well, Cameron. Just, I think community development is another kind of slippery phrase right up there (laughs) with, with social justice. Um, so yeah, for me, I roughly define community development or kind of break it down into the three categories of community organizing, community building, and economic growth. Um, does that like roughly align with, with how you're thinking about it? Definitely. And, um, yeah, I mean, with the development and as, I mean, we'll go through the three boxes of the performance and the participation and the place part, but I definitely think starting with organizing and you'll take us through, but I think with organizing, the first thing that comes, or a thing that comes up to mind for me is um, the relationships that you're building when you're organizing. Um, what pillars are you setting? What um, presentation are you setting? Um, that can maybe not only help you at the current moment, but that will support you down the road. So I'm, I'm thinking about relationships too. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, with organizing, kind of this idea that music, creative art spaces can be a really powerful tool um, in how communities come together and address different needs. Um, and also, you know, celebrate things that are going on in the community and really highlight strengths. Um, so this can be really powerful through performance. Um, I think primarily, again, like you were just talking about building those relationships, it's an opportunity to bring people together. And then for participation, um, there can really be a chance to process complex issues and to kind of figure out what action can look like as a community. Um, and I don't know, have you come into contact with theater, theater for the oppressed at all? I definitely, re- yeah. I definitely remember that as one of the readings from, uh, from Mark's class. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, yeah. So just this idea that um, theater and the arts can sort of be a platform for people to participate and kind of act out struggles or problems that they're experiencing in their everyday life. Um, So a group of non-theater people can come together, kind of coalesce around an issue and act out different solutions to a problem. Um, 
And I think that's applicable to music as well. Like we can start to conceive of solutions through artistic practices. Um, and then the idea of place with community organizing. Um, it's just the idea that music can be kind of a destigmatized place where people can come together and it can act as a community center where people can share a meal together. Um, just, I think nothing really happens unless people are able to come together. Um, yeah, so that's the idea. That's the idea with community organizing. For kind of the second building block of um, community development, as, as I'm conceiving of it, this idea of community building. Um, I think our first call in performance can be really important because it um, can provide a platform of visibility for, you know, marginalized community, um, people who just don't normally, who just aren't normally heard. Um, going back to Rainbow Connection, our concerts at the end of our season were really important for this because it's just not that often that folks like my brother um, are not only seen, but also celebrated. Um, so it's just really, really important to provide that space. Um, in terms of thinking about participation, again, it's an opportunity to interact um, with people who are different than you to provide uh, a trusting space to do that and kind of, I think, again, like you were talking about really building those relationships, being sure that those are, are central to community development and whatever is being built. Um, and then for place with community building, and this is something we talked about last week too, but just the idea that kind of traditional institutions, traditional music institutions can kind of be reimagined to be responsive to the needs of the community. Um, so if there needs to be a path of health clinic before a concert, that can happen. Um, and again, we're coming together, we're, we're building on the asset of like having a, a community music space um, to find a way to meet the needs of community members. And for the last section here, um, can, I jump in, can I jump in really quick for the last, for the last one? Um, sure. With, if you don't, sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Um, just with the, also with the, the community building, I'm also thinking of like ways or like, I don't know. I mean, I'm always thinking. <laughs> I feel like I'm always thinking my gears are always spinning about some idea or, or something, but I've also been wondering about like, when doing um, these projects to find these intersections of like, what are also like, definitely like, what are the interests of the community? And I think that also kind of gets back mm. to what I was saying or what I was mentioning about the, um, uh, like what does the, the, the movement or what am I protesting for? Like what do they need from me rather than me, like, you know, like me just walking into their space. So I'm definitely thinking about what are the interests of the community and then um, with whatever I'm doing, um, as I said before, whether that be music, playing cello, volunteering, getting out there, doing whatever, um, 
or whatever anyone's doing, um, I would definitely try and draw draw out the strengths of that community. Like, what does that community already have, and like bring those up as well, because I think that'll also um, foster something definitely like very unique <laughs> as well. So, bringing out the strengths of that community um, of what it already has, and then also like what are the specific int- interests of that of that area or that community for whatever that may be. And also everyone's de- definition of community is different. We didn't talk about that, but that's also very open-ended one. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, and I, yeah, absolutely what you're saying is is so, so important, thinking about asset-based community development um, and just the, yeah, the incredible beauty and skill um, and talent that, already exist in a community and I think this is something that music institutions struggle with a lot of times um there's kind of the sense of like well we're bringing the music or like we there it's very much a sense of like them wanting to be kind of at the front (laughs) of what's going on versus stepping back and really really allowing things to be community-led so yeah, that is that is so so important. Um, Do you want to go on to the? Um, I think you have one last one last uh, walk. Sorry, I'm pillar row column. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the last one um, is economic growth, and I yeah, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this as well because I guess up until. I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, kind of this framing of arts organizations around like, well, we're bringing X amount of money into the economy and making X amount of jobs, like, wasn't really alarming to me. Um, but now it really is. And I think as as someone who is an anti-capitalist, I, I would really love to see kind of music and the way we talk about it, like disconnected from monetary value and disconnected from the capitalist system so i yeah it's hard it's hard to talk about this because it's like what like what is the alternative what can that look like and one thing that comes to mind um is time banking like kind of this idea that um kind of skills can be exchanged more of like a bartering system so like if You know, a person who cuts hair is part of a time bank. They cut someone's hair. They get one credit for that. Someone else is running a yoga class. The person who cut the hair can go to the yoga class and use their their time for that. Um, So I've I've been thinking a lot about, like, how could that maybe be applied to music? Like, maybe people can get credits to go to a concert. Or if there's, like, a repair that needs to be done at the community music center or wherever, whatever this is, um, then it could be done by a community member in exchange for something else. So thinking about like how people, arts organizations can be empowered to kind of help each other more rather than like, we bring $1 million of whatever into the local economy. Um, because I just, yeah, I think capitalism, capitalism is a dead end and, and we need to find our way out of that. And I think there is room to do it in, in the music world. 
I love that, um, Allie, and I think you might be onto something with that. I don't know. We'll see. No, uh, no, I'm serious. That idea of um, exchange of service in a way, Mm. but how is that in some way of a form of uh, like reciprocal currency in a way? Um, but that's for like the greater good. I don't know. That's got me think. That that's that's definitely got me thinking. What is yeah? Like, what are your thoughts on like, yeah, just economic growth and the connection to music and like, I even things like repurposed spaces that become music spaces. Like, that's a hippness, you know, a skip away from gentrification. Sometimes, like, all of these things are are connected. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, just this idea of like economic growth around the arts, like mm-hmm. the arts as being the driver for creating jobs, um, or for you know there being more money passed around, or for kind of um. A, a neighborhood or area being like redefined around the arts, um, just like good or bad. Like where? Or bad. How do you think about that? Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I think good um, definitely is. You know, going back to like, what is the? How is that arts organization functioning at community? What does it look like? Does it look like that community? Is it actually a part of that community? Um, does it actually serve in a, um, a, is municipal the word or multi-capacity? Does it serve as something more than a um, music school? Like, can it be a place of conversation, can it be a place of meal, can it be a place of service, can it be a place of worship, can it be a place of presentation? Can it, you know, like, what does it function as? Is it a community center? Like, I don't know, like, how does it function in that way? Um, and I guess going with the bad, it makes me think about, again, going back to our talk from last week, I'm thinking again about this whole, like, reconstruction, rebuilding thing, blah, 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 classical music, snobby, racist, everything's fucked up. Like, I'm thinking about that again and how... A lot of that kind of, you know, starts again from the top, but also like, you know, the, the ideas that these orchestras and organizations were just like founded on um, mm-hmm. and want things to change. But if the organization or the orchestra isn't willing to change and reflect what the community wants, then of course I'm not coming to the concert. <laughs> Um, if right. that makes sense. I tried to put in like just two kind of like examples, but like, you know, um, even the nonprofit sector is like slippery slope also. Um, and that conversation would go on for hours, but you know, yeah, it's also a slippery thing. I think about one thing I, I wrote down is kind of this idea of, it's not an idea, I guess it's a term that I, that I came across, but it's called mission drift. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'll just go ahead and read it just for 
just reiterating for anyone who may have not heard it, but I just, I didn't, I didn't hear about this until about a few weeks ago. And, it, and it's also why I was thinking about um, that idea of the, the nonprofit se- sector being slippery, but the concept of mission drift um, kind of questions whether the organization maintains its original values and goals, um, exposing it to potential compromise of its contribution to the community it serves. Um, so I think with, uh, what you were asking me and kind of these ideas and thoughts have been bouncing back. I think that idea also for that term um, mission drift definitely comes into play as well when functioning within functioning and serving within a, I guess, perspective community. Yeah. Like that, the idea of mission drift, like in relation to um, money. Right. Exactly. <laughs> money is just really hard. And right. it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, just exactly. Hard. And I think, and yeah, and it's something I'm even, you know, learning about as well. Like, I was like, I could keep going about these topics for a while. And um, once again, Ali, like, I just think it's just so incredible. Your approach and your way of thinking is just so sincere and thought out. And it just has me really inspired. Of, like I said, when you said that idea and that thought of, like, how could there be some way of, like, reciprocal currency or work among, like, organizations or communities, community members? Like, I don't know. I thought that was intriguing for sure i think there's something there there's so much possibility like i said at the beginning that these conversations are happening i'm so excited that you're making the space for it i think there needs to be so much more of that happening in you know in music schools in our communities in our lives after graduation um it's just really important that that we keep on talking and kind of keep on growing this as a movement because I think it is a movement kind of within within the music world um so thank you thank you for having me (laughs) thank you for agreeing to 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 do this um I really loved our conversation today and just kind of going through different ideas and thoughts around social justice community music bouncing off ideas and inspirations You've, I, my gears are going and I'm like man like, it's time to get to work <laughs> <laughs> totally totally it's time to get to work so I'm definitely gonna take today's conversation into, into perspective and see yeah I'm, I've got a lot to think about for sure I think that's I think that's it for what I had mostly.